This is Conversations with Corliss, the podcast that features real and inspiring people who are leading their lives with purpose, passion, and confidence. Through their stories, advice, and expertise, you will be empowered with tools and insights to become the leader you are meant to be. Your host, Corliss, is a Dare to Lead trained, certified success principles coach, best-selling author, and inspirational speaker. As an entrepreneur for more than two decades, she has coached, trained, and mentored thousands to tap into their personal power and realize their potential. Through her company, Corliss Co., she will help you dream again and break through what holds you back from leading the life you want to have. Connect with her today at corliss.ca. Hi, everyone. This is Conversations with Corliss, a real leadership podcast. Here we will talk about all the things it takes to bravely lead the life you deserve. Welcome to the conversation. You may have guessed it. My name is Corliss and I created this podcast simply because I want to help people and make a bigger impact. You see, one day I woke up in my 40s and realized time stands still for no one. With my kids more independent and my career not as fulfilling as it once was, I found myself wondering if this was it and what was next for me. I went looking for answers to recreate my life and I found them in having meaningful conversations with inspiring people. That's what we'll do here for you. Whatever you're looking for, I'm glad you're here. Aging has given me the invaluable insight that we should make every moment count. It's time to take charge of your life, to rise up and be all you can be. This podcast is meant to help you do that. So let's get started. This is episode 049, Failing Forward with Tina Beaudry Miller. Failure is not the opposite of success. It is a part of success. I am so excited to bring you today's conversation. We talk about how every setback is an opportunity and that failing is going to happen for anyone who sets out to do something great. You'll love the part where we talk about how most everyone feels vulnerable in stepping into the public eye and how greatness is achieved by having the courage to do it anyway. Tina Beaudry-Miller is a thought leader, strategist, and champion. She is the former Minister of Advanced Education, the Minister of Innovation Saskatchewan, and the Minister Responsible for the Status of Women. She was first elected in 2016 and in her time in government was the author of many key initiatives, including the Saskatchewan Technology Startup Initiative, the most aggressive angel investment tax credit in Western Canada, which has played a key role in making Saskatoon the second fastest growing tech hub in Canada. She also authored the Ag Tech Growth Fund to help boost Saskatchewan's niche market for the agricultural tech companies. In advanced education, she was the vice chair of the Council of Ministers of Education Canada, which included the ministers of advanced education and K-12 for all federal, provincial, and territories. As part of this, Saskatchewan led the international education strategy. She also represented Canada at both the G20's first-ever employment and education talks in Argentina in 2018 and at UESCO's 40th General Conference on the Future of Work in Paris in 2019. Also in 2019, she worked with Women Entrepreneurs of Saskatchewan to launch Canada's first Women's Economic Advisory Committee focused on recommendations to help women-led businesses in Saskatchewan scale and add to the province's ambitious 100,000 jobs growth plan goals. On the community side, Tina is a proud champion of the YWCA Regina and its efforts to support women and children fleeing interpersonal abuse, as well as a member of the Emerald League of the Saskatchewan Rife Riders Foundation, which helps provide opportunities for kids in the North to play football. 
Welcome to the show and thanks for taking the time to join us today, Tina. Oh, it's so great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I've always been so impressed with everything that you share every time I've heard you speak and I followed your journey for a while now. So it's really quite exciting to have you here today. So your list of accomplishments, as we heard in the introduction, are really impressive and quite abundant. Was failure ever a part of your journey? Failure has been a constant part of my journey, I have to say. You know, um, I've failed many times, um, but I think what's really important is that every time I've failed, I've sort of ended up forward um, and I've ended up in a better place than where I started. So even those failures and, and really as I've, as I've grown, I've learned how to handle those failures in a different way. Um, and so, yeah, it's, failure has been a huge part of my journey um, and I've failed all along the way. So let's talk a little bit more about that. Do you have like an example of sometimes that you have failed, so to speak? Yeah. Um, you know, when I was um, running in the leadership, obviously, I was one of the first people out of the leadership in terms of the voting totals. Um, but that was, I, I, I knew I probably wasn't going to win when I was in the leadership, but that wasn't really the point for me. The point for me of being in the race was number one, to put my hand up and put it up early to make sure that I was out there as a woman seeking a leadership role within our party and an urban woman at that, um, which in our party was an important message, I think, to send. Um, and secondly, was really to try to broaden the contours of the poly policy discussions that we were having. I didn't win the leadership, um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, I became great colleagues and friends uh, by the way I conducted myself. Um, with the premier and the and at the time the deputy premier uh, Gord Wyatt, and when it came time for the premier to become premier, um, you know I was elevated in cabinet as a result of how I conducted myself during that leadership race. So I didn't become leader, I didn't become premier, but I certainly demonstrated value, and I was able to continue to demonstrate value because of the way that I failed actually at the end of the day. Yeah, interesting. So is that what it means to fail forward? Yeah, it means that, you know, you start from where you are and you put your hand up and you kind of take the leap. And even if you don't make it all the way to the leap, you're actually still farther ahead than you were when you started. And so you're still moving forward. You still have a forward trajectory. Even if you don't necessarily meet the stretch goal, you know, you're halfway there or a third there and you're in a better place than, than where you started. So, so many really great things came out of failing the leadership. Um, you know, I was able to put ideas on the table and there's this iconic, I always go back. It, it's, it's in my office at home. I have this, this photo of myself and Gordon Wyatt and the premier all hugging right after. Um, and really that typified a lot of what occurred throughout that entire thing. And I don't know that, that I would have been in that same place had I not sort of put my hand up and because I failed, um, you know, I, I, I mean, I was in it, I, at least I was in it. And I wasn't standing on the sidelines. Hmm. So how did you find the courage to put yourself out there? I mean, you've kind of gone as a true leader ahead of many. So tell us how you found the courage to do that. You know, it's, it, it, it's interesting. I don't really know where I found the courage. I think um, my mother, uh, I grew up in a, in, in a household where my mother was the primary constant and, and the major breadwinner for a long period of time for, an, for a number of reasons. And my mother was very independent, although she came from a family of 14. 
uh, French Catholic background, of course. Um, she was fiercely independent and she raised us to be very, very independent. And so that was really important to me. We moved, you know, 21 times in 18 years. And so I was always the kid, you know, who didn't fit in in the playground and the new kid. Um, so there was that. But I would also say that right at around, you know, I'd say about 10 years ago or so, whenever Sheryl Sandberg's book, A Lean In, came out, that book really spoke to me. Um, you know, that you have to put your hands up, hand up because no one's going to put your hand up for you. No one's going to point to you and say, hey, Tina, how about, why don't you think about this? You're going to have to sort of tell people that you want to be put, you know, put me in coach, basically. And and that book really resonated with me. And And I have to say, every time that I've taken a risk, it's turned out pretty okay. Wow, how inspiring. And what was that book that you just referenced? It was Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. You might remember she she's the um, was the chief operations officer for Facebook. And it was a it's a book about putting your hand up and getting, you know, making sure you have a seat at the table. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I'm going to check that out. So I often talk about leadership is really influence. And it sounds like your mom was a true leader and that she really influenced you. Is she one of the your biggest role models? For sure, growing up, my mom um, was, like I said, very independent, very, very hardworking. My mother was also a stickler about professionalism and etiquette. And, and I think when I think back about the way I've handled loss and I've tried to handle my losses and, and let's be honest, um, losing the leadership and then losing the, the election more recently, you know, those are very public losses. It's not like when you set your, your New Year's resolution and you say, you know, I'm going to going to, you know, stop drinking or I'm going to lose 20 pounds this year. And nobody really knows that that was your, your goal. And so when you give it up a month later, it's not a big deal. These are very public losses and they're, and of course you get trolled because of it and it, and they can be quite humiliating. Um, and so my mom always, always taught us uh, to be professional, to be gracious in loss and quiet in when you win you know, to be, to be a graceful in victory and graceful in, in defeat. And I really took that advice to heart. And I think it served me really well. Oh, wow. I'm relating to this so much because I remember when I was initially starting to um, put together my company and I was going to be speaking and I was obviously going to be on social media and I was going to have myself on all of these different platforms. I realized that when you put yourself out there and you share your opinion and and you do training, all those thoughts go through your mind saying, you know, who do I think I am? What are people going to think? What are they going to say? And when it's done publicly, you really have zero control over that. And I know that was terrifying for me. And when I started, I had the courage to do it anyway, because I was very motivated by a purpose bigger than me. So it was like, I'm, it just, it gave me courage and it gave me the motivation to follow through and do it anyway. And kind of gave me that, that uh, bravery shot in the arm to get going. And I did it. And sure enough, only a few months after I started getting messages of critiquing <laughs> and it it at first it really hurt but then I got a little thicker skin and there was a time when I said to myself okay are you made for this like can you really handle this or is this going to like crush you is this going to stop you I'm wondering if you ever had those feelings and how you kind of pushed through oh boy have I ever um you know, people see the outward facing thing and they think people, you know, people are resilient, and graceful and, and successful and all these other great things, but they don't see, you know, when you're, when you're 
the social media aspect of things would often get me down, um, often. And women notoriously suffer from imposter syndrome, you know, that, that we wonder whether we should be here and we have a right to be here and those sorts of things. Um, so I've, I've had all those moments. I've had those moments when, you know, when, when I've had a scrum that's left me in the fetal position in the corner, so to speak. Um, and I've had, you know, I've, I've read the, the hate. I've seen hateful ads, um, you know, and, and I'm not going to say that those are easy to take because they're not. And I think we need to be really honest about that, um, that that is, is contributing to a lot of mental stress and mental health challenges. And I think politics is a terrible place where we still don't talk about mental health. I'm glad to see that starting, but you know, we're supposed to be tough no matter what. You just put on your lipstick and you keep going. Um, and and um, I think that's a problem too. I think we need to be a little bit more open about those things, but for sure, I mean, those things hurt for sure. They do. We pretend they don't. And even my male colleagues will pretend they don't, but, but they do. Mm-hmm. Um, they really do. I think what makes us keep going is just, I think you, you nailed it, Corliss, was understanding what your purpose is. And, and I know, I'm clear about my purpose. I know what my value is, value add is. Right. And it's not going to stop you. And I don't know if this is going to speak to anybody, but I think you're right about the imposter syndrome. I think so many women, maybe even men, I'm not sure, but I definitely know men or women do uh, struggle with the imposter syndrome. And do I belong here? Who am I to, you know, stand out here and put myself out there and share my thoughts? And, and the one thing that I went through that really helped me where I processed it, where I said to myself, okay, whose opinion is going to really value to me here? Is it going to be the opinion of the people who believe in what I'm doing, that it's helping, that I'm supporting, or am I going to give value to the people who are randomly in the background, you know, sharing their thoughts, sometimes even namelessly, like they didn't have the courage to share who they were. So I just decided to give value to the, the people that I was serving. And I think being connected to the purpose really helped that along as well. I agree. And the only other thing I would say to this is, you know, Brené Brown, I think, and numerous others have said, you know, it, the only way to not make people angry or to, to not have anyone dislike you or say anything hateful about you is to never do anything important. Hmm. And, And she has this great quote about being in the ring and being in the arena and, you know, getting dusty and being in the arena. And, and, and I always think about that. Um, it's hard at the time, but I mean, if you, if you, if you want to play it safe all the time, go ahead, but you're probably never going to do anything of major substance in the world. So. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I, uh, I actually took the dare to lead training. Like I'm, I'm trained with, with Brene Brown and that quote was life-changing for her. And in her Ted talk, she talks about how people were so cruel after her, her talk. That's been like one of the biggest Ted talks in the world. And yet people still had things to say, you know, my daughter, when I was going through that imposter syndrome and I was getting these reviews that were random, my daughter said to me, mom, even Oprah has haters. And I was like, Oprah, how could Oprah have haters? <laughs> I'd never noticed that they do, but I mean, that's just the the nature of it. And you have to just be strong enough to recognize that and not allow it to stop you. So let's, uh, let's talk. Do you have anything more you wanted to share on that? No, I think, well, yeah, just one other thing, I guess, Corliss, and that is that, you know, that's why it's really important to surround yourself with with women who uplift each other. Um, And I think 
maybe one of the benefits of my age now, and I'm, I'm certainly not ancient, but I'm not a young a spring chicken anymore either. I'm somewhere in the middle. I, um, I'm at this stage in my life where I have a really great social circle. It's small, but it's very, very meaningful. And, and I've been very, very purposeful in who is in my, my tribe, so to speak. And I, I think that's, I think we all need that. That's our safety mm. net. And you know what, you can find that it really is out there. There is people that you can connect with that will lift you up and support you and um, that will be there to support your journey too, for sure. So if someone is listening and they feel like they're currently failing in whichever part of their life, uh, what would you want to say to that person? You know, take your, take your 24 hours or your 48 hours and feel, I don't know, can I, I, I didn't ask if I could just say, and feel shitty. <laughs> and just, <laughs> you can like, say whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, like, let yourself feel shitty, okay? Mm-hmm. Say, okay, this really sucks. I'm really sad. My marriage is falling apart or my kids are, you know, I feel like I failed as a parent or my business isn't doing what I wanted to do or I had this terrible scrum. And, and take your 24 hours, your hour, your two days, and, and mourn it and, and cry and rage at the world and, and do all of that. But then you have to say, I'm done now. I'm done now. I've, I've get it out of your system. And the problem that we have is we, we don't actually stop and let ourselves do that. And then we internalize it and compartmentalize it and push it down and push it down and push it down. And then it comes out in, in negative ways later on. So I've learned, <laughs> I don't have it all figured out by any stretch, but I have learned now that I have to give myself that hour or two hours to vent and rage. And then I have to go, okay, Tina, we're done now. And now we got to move on. So my advice to people who feel like they're failing, number one, some of the greatest leaders in the world have failed and failed multiple times. That's what made them great. They learned from that. They picked them, dusted themselves off. They thought, what could I learn from this? And they moved on. It made them stronger, tougher, so that they could get those things done. But two, be gentle with yourself enough to know that it's okay to feel crappy and, but you have to limit it. Like you can't live in that crap. You have to go, okay, I've, I've, I've felt this now. I've, I've breathed it now and I need to move on and God damn you people. I'm going to show you. Right. And, and then you come back stronger. Oh, I love it. That's so good. I think what I love the most about that is that it's like, give yourself the chance to feel the feelings like it's okay, like whatever you're going through, but don't allow it to go for too long. Just, you know, take what you're going to learn from that. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off and uh, go for it. Just come right back better than ever. Yeah. And it's not about pushing it down. Right. And I think mm-hmm. we've often been conditioned to push it down and just tough it out. I, 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 I see all over the place and maybe COVID has made me even more astute about this, but just the mental health challenges out there. And I just, I think it's not helpful to just push it down because it will manifest in some other way at some other time. So get it over with, right? Feel the feeling, give yourself the space to do that and then say, okay, I'm done with this now. And then use it as fuel. Oh, so good. So how did you ever even end up on like the path that you were in government? Like, how did this all come about? Because, okay, I'm going to be super honest. Here's truth time. I have not, I don't follow, you know, politics politics. 
as closely as most <laughs> or some, I guess. And I often wonder, how do people end up in that place? Like, where, where does the journey begin to go that direction? God, that, you know, Corliss, it's really crazy. Um, I'll just go back to Sheryl Sandberg for, for a minute because it was really impactful and it really did open up my eyes. I had this view as a young person that, that your career path should be a ladder, right? Like you should go from A to B to C to D. And in that book, she said, no, it's, it's not a ladder. It's a jungle gym. Like you go up a little, you go over a little, maybe you go down a bit and then you go over again. And, and that's really what it's been like for me. And so getting into politics was really, you know, I taught political science at the university of Regina. Um, and at some point I thought, well, uh, you know, instead of just teaching about this, I, you know, maybe I want to make a difference. And like many women, actually, I've learned over the years, it started with a really localized issue. We didn't have a high school in Southeast Regina. And I was watching mm. all this build, you know, all the build in the creeks and all the build in the greens and all the build out of Emerald Park and Pilot Butte. And then, and, and there's, there was no high school and everybody was driving to Campbell and the Boldest um, on, on roads that couldn't, manage that level of traffic considering the number of builds and I thought why you know we're building all these schools why aren't we building high school and so I ran for city council first um, and that was my my major issue was the was the high school thing and then somebody tapped and again I didn't win um, but but I think represented myself well in that race with dignity and class and, and intelligence and then I lost that one um, by 34 votes. <laughs> and we actually went to a recount. And then I, um, I was tapped on the shoulder. Um, so two things there, two takeaways from that. Number one was the power of suggestion and, and that someone planted that idea in my head. And, and mm -hmm. there's a great role that women can play here in helping each other and empowering each other by just saying, you know, you were really great at this. And I think you should think about it and just sort of put that in. And the second was I was invited and I've told this story many times, but it was super impactful for me. I was invited to the home of a woman who, who um, just had a group of people together to say, there's a couple elections coming. We just really want to encourage people to run. Here's some people that ran before. Here's some random people that we think should think about it. All political parties, all kind of backgrounds. Do you have any questions for them? It was kind of a closed event. And I walked away and I thought, well, I, I think I could do that. I think I could do that. And I think I could actually maybe bring some things forward. And so that's actually how it happened for me. It was, it was crazy. It was crazy. Oh, I love it. So you really got into it through the idea of someone else and started seeing yourself there and then connecting yourself to something you're really passionate about that you wanted to impact. And then it just kind of grew from there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That's so it, is, it was a jungle gym, right? For me, yeah, yeah. My, my normal trajectory would be to full full tenured prof by this point, right? And right, right. Materialize. That's really inspiring because I think there's a lot of women who will listen to this podcast that are like, you know, what's next for me? How could this go? Like obviously you opened your mind to possibilities and kind of started dreaming about maybe I could do that, maybe I could do that. Is that something you would encourage other women to do? Absolutely. And not view it as a failure to change tactics and change strategies. I mean, there's, you know, people aren't going to work in the same environment for the rest of their lives. And in fact, I would argue that today more than ever, that might be a risk, right? I mean, you might be at risk if you've only ever done one thing. 
Um, and so there is some power in switching gears and getting on the jungle gym and moving around a little bit. You know, there, that makes you a little bit more resilient in the face of major disruptive change in the world right now. And so, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's actually a really good thing. And it's not something to stress over. It's something to embrace. Mm, that's so good. I feel like you gave us a really big tip there. That's really awesome. So I talk a lot with the women that I coach and that I work with. I talk about celebrating ourselves. And this is something that I've actually struggled with. I've really had to learn and become very conscious because I'm kind of that achiever that it's like the next thing, the next thing I got to move on to the next thing and what else. And I barely give myself a chance to celebrate something before I'm on to like, what am I supposed to do next? And I think that my confidence has grown as a person by acknowledging myself and really building that in as a practice. And you've talked about failing forward and, you know, the different times that you didn't win, but I'd really like to celebrate you right now. Will you, will you join me in this and just really own some of this? Because I think it would be good for the rest of us to hear you talk about your wins, what you would consider either personal or professional. Oh boy, this is an awkward space for me. Um, I guess, I guess what I'm really happy about in my life is I have one of my wins is I have always done work I care about. I have never done work that I've hated. I've never hated going to work. I've never, I've, I've always worked and some people won't like to hear this. I've always worked on, on vacation, not, not because I, but because I like to, so I would get up early, do two hours of work and then go about my, I just, I just in, have enjoyed what I do. I've done. I've always enjoyed what I've done. And I, I really, I don't know if that's because I've chosen well, I don't know if that's an attitude thing, but I feel really lucky um, and fortunate. And I really want to celebrate the fact that I've always managed to find work that makes me feel joy and makes me feel mm. validated and makes me feel like I'm making a difference, uh, however small or large. And so I'm, I'm really proud of that. I'm, I, that's something I'm really proud of. And it's something that I hope my kids will learn over time as well. Mm, nice. So that's one thing to celebrate. I'm going to just build on this a little bit. When you think about, <laughs> sorry, Tina, I know. And by the way, audience, I did not tell her I was going to ask these questions, <laughs> but I really feel like it's so important for us to own that because we're all leading other people like leadership is simply influence. I, I think in a lot of ways. And if it, this is an uncomfortable space for you, it's probably for the listeners as well. Like they're probably sitting here going, yeah, you know, I have a hard time acknowledging that too. So what if you were to look at the work that you've done and making a difference that you love to do, and that's your win, have you seen your work directly impact people that you've worked with? Is that yeah, a win? For sure. For sure. I mean, I can, I can talk to, uh, you know, one specific thing is, is the angel investment tax credit. I mean, that was huge in setting up the startup community. Um, so, you know, getting that, that was my first piece of legislation as a, as a, as an MLA and it has been hugely impactful in terms of growing entrepreneurship and investment in entrepreneurship uh, in our province and especially tech entrepreneurship. So, I mean, I still see, I still hear about that from people. Um, and so that was really important. Um, the other thing is, is I, 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 I think my staff would tell you um, that I did spend a lot of time coaching them and just saying, you know, 
for example, you know, here's an opportunity. I really think you should think about it. I really want you to grow, you know, where do you feel at your week? You know, I can think of one staff member in particular who wants, wanted to grow, but was really weak on the finance side. And I said, look, there's a board position here. She said, what committee should I put my hand up for? I said, finance. And she said, no, I have no experience. I said, that's exactly why you should, right? Because if Mm. you want to grow as a leader, you're going to have to get those skills and you're going to have to be the, you know, the dumbest person on the committee in order to, 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 to get those things. And so you got to put your hand up. And I think she would tell you today that she absolutely hated me for that, but she did take my advice and it served her well. Right. And so um, I'm kind of proud of that too. Mm. Well, I can tell you for certain, the very first time I heard you speak at a conference in Regina, I was like, do you remember I kind of chased you out the door? Do you remember? And I was like, do you remember? I was like, I, you, before you leave, you, we, I need to meet you. I need to, and I need to take a picture with you. Do you remember this? Yes, I do. That's so kind of you to say, though. Um, thank you for that. <laughs> I was like, I got to do it. I like right now, this is my chance. I have to meet her. You certainly impacted me that day and you have ever since. So I, I hope that you will own that and, and credit yourself for that because you really are impacting a lot of women out there. Um, so as a mother, you've, you've said that you're a mom and I know that you, uh, well, I don't want to give it away, but on another seminar that I had heard you talk about, perhaps someday you'll write a book and you've even got a title for it. And, uh, it has to do with balance and working with, you know, your career and your family. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Do you want to give us an inside scoop? Yeah. So, um, I'm scared to tell the title because someone will steal it, but it is such a great title. You know, it's called Running in High Heels. And and I, I actually don't believe in balance, Corliss. I, I think, I let me rephrase that. I do believe in balance, but I don't believe it in the conventional sense of the, of the justice scales, if you will, that are balanced. And meaning that you have to have all of your your lives kind of in at the same level at the same time. I don't think that's possible. I, I, I've used this analogy before and it's, it really works for me. It's that, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're in a kayak and you're paddling on the river and it's the spring and it's spring runoff, you know that that river is rushing and you better paddle like hell if you want to stay afloat. But if you go later in the fall, for example, you know that the river will be down a bit and it'll be calm and you can sort of take your time and mosey along and stop and enjoy the view on the way. Both are important, right? You just have to know when you need to paddle like hell and when you need to stop and take. So when, you know, this this week is an example in my life, for whatever reason, everything is happening this week. And that's kind of always, it's kind of, that's not too untypical, right? It's like everything happens at the same time. So when that happens, you just have to go with it and work as hard as you can. But then when you have that downtime, then you take that downtime. And then, you know, that's when, you know, my kids and I will have a fire in the backyard or, or, you know, I'll go out to White Butte or West Canada Trails with my dog, which is where I think. So, you know, those kinds of things. And I guess the other thing is, you know, I, I suffer from terrible social anxiety and which people find quite funny. But when I have back to back meetings for a week and when I have big events, I need to decompress after because I am completely depleted. Um, cause I put a lot, it takes me a lot to do those things. And then, so when I'm done with them, I just, I need to retreat for a while. So that's my balance, right? Other people during COVID they're dying because they want to be with people and that's where they feed their energy from. And so I think just knowing yourself, right. Is really important in those things. 
but yeah, that balance for, so balance for me is knowing when to retreat and recharge for one of my friends. It's, it's she needs to go out and that's how she recharges. So I get, I guess it's just knowing yourself. Do you need a reset? If life has knocked you down and you're trying to get back up, you've fallen into a rut, you're feeling in a funk and you don't know why, or things around you are challenging and you need to refocus, the Reset Challenge will help you. This seven-day challenge is power-packed with inspiration, tools, and training to help you get yourself back on track. Each day for seven days, you'll receive a short video message straight to your inbox that will guide you through a process of owning your power to lead your life. You will also have access to the Reflection Journal and a community of inspired and supportive people. Do this for you. Join the Reset Challenge today at Corliss.ca. Mm-hmm. I like the analogy for sure. That kind of puts it all into perspective. I come from the farm. My parents are farmers. And uh, my dad always would say, you know, there's different seasons. And, you know, when it's harvest, you work hard. You, When it's seeding, you work hard. Like, And in the other seasons, you can take a break. So it kind of aligns for sure. And, you know, I went to Michelle Obama when she was in Saskatchewan. And uh, I loved that event. I went to it with my assistant and the interviewer had asked Michelle the question, you know, you were going to be the first lady, you've got a career, you've got children, you're moving across the country. Like, how do you find balance? That's what she said to her. And Michelle started laughing, like almost belly laughing. And she said, uh, no woman today has balance without a team. <laughs> that was her answer. And at that time, I remember thinking, because my assistant wasn't actually my assistant at that time. I was completely, totally a solopreneur, writing books, you know, coaching, doing these events. I was doing all these things by myself. And it was like a lightning bolt hit me at that moment. It was like, whoa, I need a team. Like, I need to get a team. And sure enough, the person who came with me as a friend ended up becoming my assistant. And it's completely changed my life. So, I think find what you need too, right? I completely agree. And women are notorious for not asking for what they need. Um, mm. and, and we need to get better at that, right? We don't, yes. have to, we don't have to do it all. And I'm, I'm terrible for that. So I'm being a bit of a hypocrite when I say it, but I'm trying to get better. Mm. Yeah, well, we're all work in progress, aren't we? Yeah, <laughs> we all are. And <laughs> I, I love your honesty <laughs> under construction. Yeah, earlier before we began, we got onto the the podcast, everyone, and I turned on my video and Tina said, oh, you look nice today. And I said, oh, I even showered for you <laughs> because <laughs> a lot of times working from home, it's like, I don't have to do my hair. So you know what? We're all the same underneath. We're all the same. We all have our same challenges and same things that we do and sometimes we don't feel like getting ready it's all okay we're all the same under construction <laughs> I like it yeah so any final thoughts before I ask you the three closing questions um no I don't think so I mean this has been really a wonderful uh discussion and I hope your audience will find some nugget in it that's useful that's for sure absolutely they will now if people want to connect with you how could they do that well I'm on all the social media channels so I'm on LinkedIn I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I, I hate Twitter folks. I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to get away from Twitter, Twitter, but I, you know, job demand. I just recently joined TikTok. Haven't really totally figured it out yet, but because some of the people here at economic development, Regina put out some stuff on for tourism. Uh, I've been trying to watch that, but it's, it's quite horrifying for my children that I'm running TikTok. So 
I have friends on Snapchat that we're not there yet. So yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> so, so funny on all those platforms. Okay. That's so funny. And it's also funny that you said that you have to pull back because when it comes to the social stuff, I am a very social person, but I'm exactly the same way when I go to big events. If I travel to a conference, like pre-COVID, obviously, I would have to retreat and have like stay by myself, not have people stay in my room with me. I had to because I needed that time to like, you know, pull back and pull my thoughts together to recharge. Interesting. We're a lot alike, I think. (laughs) That's great. Yes, it sure is. Okay. The three closing questions. What does leadership mean to you? It means being authentic. I mean, um, I I don't think that we as women need to fit into a masculine version of what leadership is. And I frankly don't think that's terribly helpful for men either, by the way. Um, I think the model of leadership is changing and I like the way it's going. I like that leaders are being more um, authentic selves. I don't think we need to park ourselves at home anymore in order to show up at work. I think, and I think COVID has really helped that in so many ways that we don't have to compartmentalize ourselves into I'm Tina at home versus Tina at the Mm. office or Tina in public. I can be whole Tina. And I actually think that's really important from a mental health and wellness perspective for people. And, and I think COVID has really uh, drawn that home for both women and men. Um, And I've talked about this in other places, you know, a lot of men had the experience of children and cats and dogs running through their zoom calls when they're trying to do business also trying to homeschool kids while they're trying to do business. And they've really, it's really blurred the lines. And in some ways that's good. In some ways it's bad, but what's good about it is women have been talking about how difficult that is for a long time. And men have been pretending it doesn't exist for a long time. And I think bringing those two things together is really helpful and it makes us better humans and better leaders and more relatable to the public Mm. at large. Yeah. I really like the way you describe that. And I really agree on your definition of leadership. I really think that leadership is, is in all of us. I think it's completely shifted. Now, if there was a book, you've already recommended one. Is that the one that you would like to be that you really want to recommend people read? Or is there another book that was a game changer for you? You think everybody should know about? I do think, I do think lean in was really powerful for me. Right. The, the concept of the um, of the jungle gym, the fact of putting your hand up, I think that was just really powerful for me. Excellent. Yeah, that's great. And I'll put that in the show notes, everybody, so that you have a direct link to be able to purchase that book. Now, the final, final closing question, and this is a big one because it's based on all of the highs and all of the lows and everything that you've been through in your life. If you could leave the audience with just one piece of advice, what would that be? I had a hard time thinking about this one, Corliss, because I I wasn't sure what profound insight I would want to leave people with. But I guess it would be, it would be this, you know, what's the worst case scenario of putting your hand up and putting yourself out there and trying something new or taking a risk? The worst case scenario is that you fail. That's, that's the worst case scenario. Um, And if, as long as you fail forward, just to bring in the sort of the circle back to this theme, mm-hmm. as long as you fail forward, you're still ahead of where you were before. You probably learned a few new things, probably created a few new networks, probably had have a new sense of self-awareness. Um, people know about you in a way that didn't know about you before and probably will think about you for other opportunities, maybe at a different point. You know, as long as you're always failing forward, you're actually not failing. And I guess I'll leave it there. 
Beautiful. Thank you again so much for joining us today. I've really, really enjoyed this conversation. I know the audience will as well. Me too. It came at such a great time actually today. Perfect. Thanks so much. Thanks. If you enjoyed this episode and it brought you value, make sure and share it with a friend or screenshot it and post it to your Instagram story or Facebook tagging me at Corliss Co. I know the most precious of all commodities is your time, and I want to thank you all very much for spending this time with me today. Remember, you have the power to lead. Know your worth, embrace your value, see you have purpose, and be the leader you are meant to be.